0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic and Rangers return to pre-season training today. Alexandro Bernabe edges closer to his parkhead move and Rangers step up their chase of Antonio Colac. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Celtic turn up for training today minus Jota. How long does this take? How long does Jota have to go on expected to sign for Celtic before he becomes another four-letter word ending in A and that is Saga. The fee was... Agreed in the loan contract when he came here from Portugal, from Benfica And all that had to be done was personal terms How long does it take? Yeah, well lots to get our teeth into Whether you've got thoughts on that or anything else transfer related Give us a call 01419511025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB But it was, today was the day for Celtic and Rangers, Hugh The, the yep. two teams returning to pre-season training you, you see the posts on social media, the photos, the videos of the players arriving and then out training But all you could see in the replies on both our Twitter feeds were Fans replying going, do something, announce a signing, what's <laughs> happening? Do something. We need to hear what's happening transfer-wise. To be perfectly honest, we're still in the month of June and uh, there's a long while to go before the end of the transfer window. Jota is the one that's mildly interesting because he came here, he was uh, instrumental in helping Celtic win the title. He instantly became a, a hero in the eyes of the fans. They really want to see him back there on a permanent deal in the coming season. But my goodness, it's dragging on. And the longer it drags on, uh, you know, nothing is certain until he's standing there with the Celtic scarf above his head for the benefit of the photographers. Yeah, well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. Let's start with Jota then, since you've touched on him. Of course, isn't at pre-season training with Celtic today because obviously he hasn't signed for Celtic yet. He's been pictured everywhere over this summer, yeah. hasn't he? He looks like he's had the best summer ever. He's been <laughs> in so many countries. He was pictured, I think it was at a music festival in Lisbon last night, seeing acts like, I'm sure you're very familiar with Post Malone. Hugh, is that that's your type of music, isn't it? Is that a legal firm? <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll stick with that. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's there, enjoying himself while Celtic are at, at pre-season training today. The thing is, there might be nothing in it, but that's maybe when fans start to ask a few questions and be like, well, you know, if, if there was a, a fee agreed initially and, and Cameron Carter-Vickers got over the line, then surely Celtic would have wanted him in today, reporting in for the first day of pre-season training. Well, the fans want him dancing to Ange Postacoglu's tune, not uh, with Mr Malone in Portugal. Um, you know, you'd think that Ange Postacoglu would want everyone round about him day one. To be fair, there are other transfer deals that will have to be concluded. Maybe... It's getting to the stage where you're you're just looking for something that isn't there, but it has been a very long time uh, with regard to Jota and turning a loan deal into a permanent deal. Yeah, the fact that a fee has been agreed, it's not always as simple as it looks. Sometimes people will think, you know, well, just pay the money and, and get them through the door, but personal terms need to be arranged at that point. There's also a case of there can be sort of squabbling between percentages of future fees, what Benfica may oh. uh, be owed if, if Celtic then sell them on again. These things still can come into it. So it could be a case of negotiations are still on the go behind the scenes. It could be a case of it's a done deal and Celtic have just agreed that he will arrive at some date. It could be a case that the deal is close to collapsing. We have no idea. No, 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 no transparency available. Uh, but 
it can't go on indefinitely. Yeah, that's when the doubt starts to creep in for supporters, doesn't it? And from Celtic's perspective, you know, if there is haggling going on and it looks like going on forever, Celtic's prerogative is to say, listen, we've had enough, we'll go and get somebody else. I suppose maybe another layer of frustration is the fact that the Cameron Carter's Vickers deal got done so quickly and was so smoothly done and he's been in the door for a few weeks now he's there for pre-season training maybe some supporters are thinking well why, why isn't this deal just as easy well I suppose down through the ages transfers have uh, either been complicated or as smooth as silk uh, the one involving Jota does seem to be complicated yeah well I did see that there was a, an interview Ange Postacoglu did today with Celtic TV there was a, a quote that they tweeted out just to sort of preview the, the interview and the, and the main quote they picked was uh, Ange Postacoglu saying the most important thing is to bring in the right players for that to happen we can't put timelines on things we want to be better every year so that seems like a, a case of if, the, if people do have doubts that maybe Ange Postacoglu is just sort of you know limiting the the urgency of the people want to see transfers done and as you say it's Still the 27th of June, Celtic aren't going to be playing a competitive game until just over a month, so mm-hmm. there is plenty of time to get that deal or other deals done. I remember Kyogo Furuhashi, uh, on day one of last season, he arrived in Scotland in the morning and was on the subs bench for Celtic in the evening against Hearts at Tynecastle. He didn't do too badly. Yeah, and the fact that Celtic have already made signings as well. Cameron Carter-Vickers is through the door. Benjamin Segrist is through the door. Alexandro Bernabe is in the country. We expect that signing to go through any day now. That will mean that there's there's maybe not panic there from Celtic supporters. No. They'll be happy that, that at this time they've got two in the door. There's one more that is definitely going to happen in Alexandro Bernabe and Jota. Looks as if it's edging closer, but yeah. we can't be sure. Good work has been done and been completed uh, Jota just has that little bit of intrigue the 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 whole football scene has gone quiet um, people are going about their business efficiently gradually uh, but Jota has that little bit of intrigue why hasn't it been done yet uh, and you've outlined all the reasons why it might be because of the Celtic end it might be because of the Benfica end it might be because of the Jota end uh, it's just an intriguing one well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. John is a Celtic fan. Up next, John, what are you making of it all? Evening, Hugh. Evening, Andrew. Hi. Hi, John. Hi. Uh, I'm just saying to the producer there, I don't think, uh, you call I'm not one of the guys who is panicking about Jota. Obviously, I would like to see him in. But Ange, Ange has delivered everything he's, he's tells us he's going to do. And obviously, Jota knows the way the style of play. And I just think, uh, I think personally, this deal will be done within the next week. I'm just hoping. Just the one that we anxious about. So I know they were in for pre-season training, but it's not as like a matter of urgency as far as I'm concerned. To a large extent, it's out of Ange Postecoglou's hands. You know, it's in the hands of uh, those who are now empowered to deal with these things at Celtic Park, and it's also in the hands of Benfica and Jota's representatives. There's no need for panic, none whatsoever. As I say, good work has been done by Celtic and other clubs. Jota just happens to have that little bit of intrigue in the quiet days of summer. He just happens to have the story that is slightly puzzling. Why is it taking so long? What is the exact nature of the delay? Uh, And that's all. No panic. Just a little intrigue. 
Celtic will feel they've probably done all they can to try and entice Jota to come back based on the fact that they brought him in last summer when he hadn't really had too much regular football mm. elsewhere. They gave him a platform to perform and also sort of made that move last summer to say, you know what, we, we have confidence that this move could work out and that's why we want to put this future fee on it. So they'll feel that they're in a strong position and that Jota enjoyed himself last season and may well want to have another season or, or a few more seasons like that at Celtic Park. Without question, they'll be able to say whether it's to Benfica or to Jota's representatives, listen, we can guarantee him, guarantee Champions League football at the start of next season. If he wants it, we're more than happy to have him and the supporters feel the same way. But if you really keep us hanging on forever, we'll go and get somebody else. John, did you have another point you wanted to make? I sure was just wondering if you'd heard anything about the boy Davis for Liverpool. There was talk last week we were going to get him on maybe a permanent deal or a loan deal. Because I personally, sure, obviously I'm on here quite a bit and you know, I'm not a big Julian fan. I don't think this guy's got a future at Celtic Park. Well, I hope not. I don't like the guy. I just don't fancy him as a centre half. I just want to know if you've heard anything on the pipeline about this guy Davis. No, there's no update on that other than to say, John, that uh, you know he went to Liverpool and rejected Celtic the first time around. Uh, he gets next to no game time at Liverpool. Again, Liverpool can offer him Champions League, but he's unlikely to see it, given the, what we've uh, witnessed so far. But if he came to Celtic Park, he'd be guaranteed it. Yeah, and it looks as if it is an area that Celtic are wanting to strengthen at centre-back. John makes the point about Christopher Julian. John's not a fan of Christopher Julian. Mm-hmm. And the evidence at Celtic appears to be that Ange Postacoglu maybe isn't too much of a fan either because, yes, he had a long time out injured, but he was fit towards the end of last season and struggled to get on the bench sometimes for Celtic, let alone get game time. If you compare, for example, Anthony Ralston with Chris Julian, I know they're different positions. The point, the, the point is in the principle... Ange Postacoglu looked at Anthony Ralston, who people had forgotten was still at Celtic Park and thought, there's something there. I can work on this guy. And he turned him into a Scottish international by the end of the season. Christopher Julian, who, you know, to be fair to him, gave himself a very, very serious injury while trying to prevent a goal being scored against Celtic. You know, you can criticise him all you like for the lack of physicality at times, but he, he did injure himself in the line of duty, if you like, at Celtic. And he's been out a very long time, but he is 100% fit. And Ange Postacoglu doesn't have him anywhere near the place. So I cannot visualise any future for Christopher Julian at Celtic Park. John, how many players do you think you want to see through the door at Celtic to be fully ready for next season? Well, hopefully this, the deal is to get a young left back in. It'll be done and it'll give tail of it. Against Greg Taylor, I hope it'll be a good one. But I would like to see him signing another forward to a centre forward because obviously, Hughes pal, I mean, he's not got a, he's not got a future, obviously. And, uh, and I know we can play Maeda through the middle, but I think he's more, he's more, more purpose when he's out in the wings. So he has. But uh, I would like to see him maybe sign another centre, a centre forward. But there was talk as I read in one of the blogs, shoot, uh, one of the, uh, the young boy for Bayern Munich. I think he's a Ghanaian or Canadian. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, but they were talking about Celtic trying to get him in loan. I don't know if you've known about that. There's talk about everybody signing everybody at this time of year. This time of year is rife with speculation because it's all people have, speculation. Um, Ayeti obviously has no future whatsoever. Again, to use the word intrigue, it would be intriguing to find out if Celtic can get 
anybody to take him off their hands. They found somebody eventually for Barkas, remarkably. Uh, a Yeti and Bolingoli, I'm not even sure. Is Bolingoli still at Celtic? Yeah, still, still under contract at Celtic. Uh, you know, so the trick for Mark Lawwell will be to try and find an escape route for players like them because they've got absolutely no future and they're a drain on the wage bill. John is saying that he would like to see another striker come in. Now, an interesting piece of news from European football that I saw just before we came on air. And the thing is, I think this is guaranteed to to start rumours. People are going to want to see it just because of his name. And no, you shouldn't be signing players just based off of their name. But Jordan Larson has become a free agent today. And I think there's a lot of Celtic fans that will be pointing towards him and saying, you know what, if Celtic need a striker and Jordan Larson's a free agent, then that might be the move they want to see. Well, the, the... If only to see the name Larson on the back of a Celtic jersey once again. However, uh, his father was one thing, the son is another. And it'd be wrong to sign him because of who his dad was. Uh, he's had an in and out career, uh, but you know I, I don't think that because his second name is Larson that you should be making a, an exceptional case of him. Ange Postacoglu will, I'm sure, know whether he is worth his interest or not. John, is that a move you'd like to see at all? I think a couple of seasons ago he scored 15 goals in the Russian top flight. Last season, I don't think he scored any and was subsequently loaned out. So as Hugh says, he has had a sort of on and off career so far. But if if the possibility to bring Jordan Larson to Celtic was there, would would you like it? I think we've lost John. I think John's away anyway. But... um. Uh, nah, we'll try you, you, you can't be signing people because he's Henrik's boy You know, it, it, life's simply not like that uh, You either want him for his own ability Or you don't His father's ability is enshrined in the history books But that's not the point Yeah, well thank you to John We just had a few tweets in about the, the Jota situation A couple of them saying that the, the transfer window isn't open in Portugal yet Which doesn't actually matter as long as the transfer window yeah. is open yeah. in Scotland That's yeah. fine, you actually, the transfer window actually doesn't need to be open at all Because you can sign players whenever It's just a case of having to register them during the transfer window So the yeah. deal could go ahead right now if you know it was to There was also another tweet there Cheryl saying his loan deal's not finished until June the 30th so he can't sign until the 1st of July well it's the same situation as Cameron Carter-Vickers his yeah. loan deal would have been ending on the on the same day but he's signed so I like the theories but at the moment none of them quite washing but we don't know could be a done deal could still happen well you'll see intrigue it's all we have right now for company yeah well let's take a look at Rangers of course they were back in pre-season training today as well reports today from the Scottish Sun as well that Rangers are ready to step up their chase of park striker Antonio Colac of course he was the one that scored twice at Ibrox for Malmo at the start of last season and knocked Rangers out of the Champions League qualifiers Rangers fans as I said earlier on all the posts I'm seeing underneath any tweet Rangers have put out today are just Rangers fans desperate for some movement yes John Souter has come in and mm-hmm. Rangers have Extended deals for McGregor and Davis and Arfield and Goldson, which was the big one, of course, but still still yet to make a, a sort of proper impact in this summer window yet. Interesting window for Rangers, not just with regard to Kolak, who is 29 years old. Uh, you know, th- that. I think 28, 29 later on this year. Well, um, that comes into the decision making process. But who goes out? You know, eventually. Rangers will part with one of their top names and for big money. 
because they can't have players see out their contracts and then go for nothing. So somebody's going. It's just a matter of who comes in with what kind of money. I suppose I wonder if today is the day that that all ramps up. If the players are in the building, you've got Morelos, you've got Kent, you've got Aribo that are all coming back, they're all training. I think some of them may have a bit of extended time off. Joe Aribo's course has been on uh-huh. international duty, but if they're back in the building, I'm sure Rangers will be wanting to sit down with them, with their representatives, and work out exactly what is going to happen going forward because I'm not sure there are situations that Rangers will want to drag on to the end of the window where they're no. still deliberating whether they sell now, whether they could still sign them on another contract, whether they could cash in on them now. No, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will want the business done early. Uh, there's always that complication where if it drags on then he finds himself a big player down and with no time to spend the money Uh, but the business model has got to be updated Rangers forever speak about uh, the the player selling module uh, and nothing ever happens but they've got players running down their contracts who could be fetching big money yeah, because one of the big ones over the weekend was Joe Aribo. There was talk of quite a few English Premier League clubs interested. And then I saw Crystal Palace, I saw Nottingham Forest, I saw Fulham, all named. And that is the that's the model that Rangers have, you know, been saying for years that they're trying to trying to go for. We've seen Celtic do it quite often over the years. Rangers haven't quite managed it in the in the same way. But this would be a good time if if they feel Joe Aribo isn't going to sign on and they've got Premier League interest that's maybe the opportunity to think, right, OK, we, we need to take this opportunity and cash in when we can because I think Rangers brought them in for was that a tribunal fee around £300,000. Oh. I mean, Rangers have done excellent work in that regard. You know, when you think of uh, Kamara coming in for 50000 Calvin Bassey, 200000 that's almost laughable when you consider what Rangers could get for him now. Uh, but they've got to start this player trading model. Celtic, as you mentioned have made millions out of it, uh, tens of millions of pounds, and they've played that game very, very well. Uh, so Rangers have to catch up. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025, and you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Let's go straight back to the phones because Frank is a Rangers fan in the city centre. Frank, what are you making of Rangers transfer business so far? Well, I'm not really bothered about it just now because quite simply, uh, Van Bronckhurst will be more interested in re-signing players and I think it'll we negotiate. He'll need to negotiate with Morelos, Ken. Uh, you could go Aribo, Basse, uh, Roof. These boys have got to be re-signed, and he needs to see what the state of play is. Because if any of these players are saying their time's up or they're going to move, then he's he's got a decision to make. And I think that maybe take him a week or so to get through all these players if he's not already done it. So I think waiting, waiting another week or two then start uh, taking action Well Hugh you'd expect that you know just because pre-season training has started today that Mm. these discussions will have been going on for a long time Rangers will have presumably been talking to these players in the hope of getting them to extend their contract but it would be good for Rangers to have clarity in their futures because they'll want to know 
whether the players are going to be there for the next season. If not, how much money are they going to be able to get in for them that they can then reinvest back into the squad? Yeah, it is in Rangers' best interest that one or two go. Uh, because if they're going to see out the duration of their contract and then go for nothing, that's bad business. If you get good money for them, that's good business. So these are the things that they can't all stay. Otherwise, Rangers' business model begins to look a bit strange. You know, you're unwilling to get big money for players uh, while running the risk of them going at the end of the contract and you get nothing at all. That's not how it works. Frank, do you think there's a chance at all that all three could stay or are you resigned to maybe losing one or two of them? Well, I think they might lose Barisic and I think they might uh, lose McCrory. But uh, apart from that... In terms of Morelos and Kent and Aribo, the ones that their contracts are running down, are you quite confident that you think Rangers will be able to tie them down on longer deals? No, I don't think uh, Aribo's going to be... I'm not too confident about Aribo because he's, or even for that matter, Bassey. They're the two players that I'm pretty worried about because I think they'll, they could go for big money. And as, say Bassey goes for £20 million or £25 million, he can reinvest with two cracking players uh, that, that he's maybe got in mind. So one player going is... Uh, it's all right. I would accept that because uh, you've got to evolve. You've got to change things. Yeah, Bassey's not a worry. He's a business chip. If you can get twenty million for him and you got him for two hundred thousand pounds, that's magnificent business. Uh, you know, people will be sad to see him go. Uh, we'll remember how much he contributed towards the the run to Seville for the Europa League final. But there comes a point where it makes financial sense to cash in on a repo then Frank if you're not convinced that he is going to sign another deal is it about Rangers just trying to get the best deal for him to move on this summer rather than keep him for another season and lose him for free well we live in the real world in the real world of football you've got to take the good money and reinvest because there's no point in letting Aribo run down his contract for 12 months and in 6 months he could sign a pre-contract with someone else where he's had maybe nobody in it for the last 6 months so you've got to be hard got to be hard again out with Giovanni Van Bronckers control uh, that's where uh, Ross Wilson comes in uh, and also the chairman uh, the members of the board who have to weigh up what is best for Rangers in a purely business sense. Rangers will be hopeful that if they are to sell a rebo this summer, the fact that he's just come off scoring in a European final, that that may increase his value, increase, you know, I'm sure that many clubs were aware of him before, he's been linked with other clubs, but the fact that he played a pivotal role in Rangers getting to the Europa League final, is that a bargaining chip they can use this summer when clubs come in to try and uh, pay money for him? One of the factors involved in Rangers getting to Seville and the Eintracht Frankfurt final uh, was that it's not as if it goes unnoticed it is noticed all over the continent because Rangers were getting results that no one gave them an earthly of getting. Uh, and players like Bassi and Aribo came to the fore. Uh, so that's what goes with being successful. Your players gain a higher profile uh, and that in turn could lead to big money being offered for them. But this is not a curse this is an opportunity to be used to your advantage as 
Frank on the line said If you get huge money for Calvin Bassey For example uh, A lot of that can be reinvested Frank I know you say you're pretty relaxed On players coming in at the moment But if that money was to come in Where would you like to see it reinvested? I'd like to see uh, Roof stay Add another forward Add another winger up front because in defence we're well covered Katic is coming back we've got John Souter Hellander Goldson uh, keepers are there uh, I'm quite happy about defence maybe a midfielder two players I would like to see in at least they're very strong at the back Rangers but you saw what happened when uh, Alfredo Morelos suffered a, a serious injury it then led to all manner of things being tried personnel changes tactical changes uh, they could be doing with uh, Another striker in the building There's always been that interest in Ross Stewart at Sunderland uh, The reports today suggesting that Sunderland Are ready to offer him a big money deal To stay there and not to go To Rangers or anywhere else However uh, The player may have An ambition to, to come back to Scotland To play with a club of Rangers size Given that you know, in a very short space of time, he he turned junior football into international football. Yeah, well, thank you to Frank. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Let's turn our attentions to Celtic and turn our attentions to Alexandro Bernabe. We know the story. He's close to signing for Celtic in a deal worth around £3.75 million. He's in Glasgow. He flew in on Friday. The deal not quite over the line yet, but it looks as if that will be announced in the next few days. A player we don't know too much about, Hugh, but someone that does know a lot about him is Daniel Edwards on the line. He's a South American football expert. Daniel, how are you? Hi guys, yeah, I'm doing well. Good stuff, Daniel. First of all, can you just tell us what type of player Celtic are getting in Alexandro Bernabe? Yeah, for sure. Bernabe is a guy who's uh, been around for um, for a few years now at Lanús. Uh, he came through the academy there. He started off as a winger, a left winger, and because Lanús uh, were pretty stacked in that position, he moved further back, and um, since he's really broken into the first team, he's a uh, been a, a forward-thinking left-back would be the best description I can give. He's um, very quick. He can go the whole 90 minutes, works very hard, gets up and down the pitch, and if he's around the area, he, he can make things happen. He's only 21. Is he a player in Argentina that's considered to have a, a big future going forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, from Landers, which is one of the... I think we'll try and clear up Daniel's line and I'll, uh, I'll get him back in there Daniel obviously offering us a, a bit of insight so far saying that he's more of an attacking fullback than a defensive one which seems to be the case for Ange Postacoglu's side he, he wants his players to go forward to you and no surprise that that is the type of player that Postacoglu's going for Yeah, I mean you look at Anthony Ralston look at uh, Greg Taylor uh, before them, Kieran Tierney you know, the, the modern day fullback is like that uh, and uh, you know he's largely unknown to the majority of us here, uh, but he sounds like he can play the way Celtic want to play football. Uh, and Ange Postecoglou clearly will have had a good look at him in the modern day fashion. He'll he'll have seen plenty of footage of him, uh, and he fits the 
the Ange Bill. Yeah, that seems to be the way of the modern fullback these days. That a lot of them are wingers that are oh. then converted to fullback for a number of reasons. Maybe you know, as Daniel's saying, oversaturated in in that position in the squad, and, and maybe struggling to get a game there, and they get moved back. So I suppose when you're young, maybe the defensive side of your game isn't your biggest strength because mm. you're so used to going forward. But when you're only 21, you can you can get sort of moulded into that. I remember when uh, Emilio Izaguirre came to Celtic. Uh, and was an immediate sensation uh, And he had those qualities that uh, Daniel was speaking about With regard to Burnaby I think we've got Daniel back now Daniel, sorry, I think your your line should be okay I think you were in the middle of saying Just about how he's he's rated How his potential is rated in Argentina Yeah, sorry about that I was hearing you, you guys fine um, But we'll try and keep it together um, Yeah, he's a guy who's flying a little bit under the radar Because uh, um, coming through at Lanús, which is one of kind of the middle, the middle ranked teams in Argentina, not one of the big guys like Boca or River. Uh, he probably hasn't got the the publicity that he might have might have received if he was at one of the the really kind of um, the giants. But uh, he's definitely up there, I think, uh, in terms of young left in Argentine football. Then there really aren't many better than him. So I think Celtic uh, again a really useful player. Ange Postacoglu really likes his fullbacks to come into the middle of the pitch sometimes. They play inverted quite often, which means he, he likes them to be very good on the ball. Is that one of his strengths, you would say? Yeah, definitely. He's a guy who loves to come up the flank, but he can also cut inside. He doesn't have the best right foot. He's uh, predominantly left-footed, but uh, if you look through the few goals he scored for Lanús, uh, a good few have come with with his right as well. So he's no slouch with uh, his weaker foot. I wouldn't expect miracles from it. Um, but definitely uh, if he's given time to to adapt, he's someone who's uh, who's most comfortable playing at a furious pace um, on the run. Uh, so it might take a bit of time if, uh, if Celtic are going to ask him to slow down and kind of build up play a bit. But definitely all the potential's there. And if you need someone who's going to... Um, going to be an explosive presence on on that left uh, he, he might do a job I think a lot of us in Scotland have seen the footage of his final game where he was sent off for a, a headbutt on an opponent uh, it's quite a fiery derby here in Scotland do you think that that's the type of occasion he'll thrive in and look forward to? Yeah he's had a, he's had plenty in in Argentina the, um, Lanús's big rival is Banfield uh, another team from the south of Buenos Aires and if you had to make any kind of criticism of Bernameus, you know, he's not a violent guy, he's not a reckless guy, but he can lose his call and sometimes err in judgment, uh, going to tackles, which he didn't really have to. Um, sometimes gets caught out of possession, sometimes his concentration isn't uh, isn't great. But, but then again, you know, he's 21 and it's very much, I think, expected from a guy who's only just started out as uh as less than three years um, at professional level. So it's definitely going to be an opportunity for him to grow, uh, iron out some of those um, kind of weaker links in his game and and hopefully he can do that. It's always hard to tell how a player is going to do going from one country to another. Not often players come directly from South America to Scotland, but do you feel that he'll be able to adapt quickly to Scottish football and that he can well be a, a starter right from the off for Celtic? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I think there are, there are certain 
similarities between Argentine football and Scottish football. I know both of them are quite physical, uh, very passionate. Um, I don't think it'll be phased at all by by the heavy stuff that, that goes in um, when he's first starting out. Uh, obviously, there will be uh, a time where he'll need to adapt and get used to the language, get used to the different culture. But I think once he he can do that, on the pitch, he, he shouldn't have any problems. Well, thank you very much, Daniel. That was some really good insight there from Daniel on Alexandro Bernabe, who, of course, we're expecting to join Celtic this week ahead of their training camp in Austria. Hugh, Daniel there saying that you know he's a, a player full of potential. Yes, some areas in his game he can improve on, but he's only 21, and Daniel expecting him to do well at Celtic. Well, the temperamental side of it, he'll need to sort out, and with Ange Postacoglu's help, uh, that's what will happen, because you, know, you, you can't dive in, uh, as uh, Daniel put it and uh, you can't be temperamentally suspect uh, to the extent that you're headbutting opponents and getting red cards that, that that's of no use to Celtic uh, but they're, they're getting someone or expected to get someone uh, at a fee that doesn't break the bank uh, and you're buying into his potential and again that Celtic player trading model you're getting someone for two or three million pounds that one day down the line you hope might go for seven or eight times that amount of money. Uh, so he fits the bill in that regard. It's another one that has to be got over the line though. Well, thank you again to Daniel. 01419511025. If you've got anything on your mind now, give us a call. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025. If there's anything you want to chat to us about, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde. SSB. One of my favourite pastimes in the office, Hugh, mm-hmm. is when someone is having to show you something to do with technology. Yes. And I was sat across the desk earlier on, and one of our colleagues was having to show you how to create a login yes. for one of the new work systems. Can you just tell everyone what the, the email you were sent by HR when you'd finished the login section of it said? They congratulated me on joining the company uh, as a freelance reporter and wished me a long and happy career. He's got potential, this boy. He's got potential. There's only me and Paul McCartney left. <laughs> Do you think you could have done that stint the other night on the Glastonbury stage? Well, what did Hugh Keevans be opening with? Two and a half hours, no comfort break. and Getting cold at that time of night, no plastic cup with a little livener in it. No, no, I don't think I could have gone two and a half hours. But I don't he's, know. he's I wonderful. Don't. I think you might. I think you would have drawn as big a crowd, though. Well, I'm waiting for Paul just to... I mean, he's used Bruce Springsteen, who's 70. Um, so he might as well have a 72 year old The next time he's out and about And you regularly do 6 hour Sundays as well On Super Scoreboard We've got plenty of them to come this summer as well 0141-951-1025 If you want to get in touch Let's take a look elsewhere Around the Premiership shall we Let's go to St Mirren They've completed a couple of signings Over the weekend Today they confirmed a deal for former Australia Youth International Keanu Bacchus He'll join on a two year deal The one that interested me though over the weekend though Sealed a deal for Declan Gallagher yeah. following his release from yeah. Aberdeen. Aberdeen just happy to terminate his contract. Clearly not in Jim Goodwin's plans. Hasn't really been able to make much of an impact since moving from Motherwell last summer and joining up with old boss Stephen Robinson again. I think it's a great signing for St Mirren. Uh, I think it's also another indication of uh, Jim Goodwin being his own man at Pataudry. He came in... Uh, 
people were sceptical uh, about him getting the job in the first place. Uh, but he is addressing that scepticism by going his own way to an instant decision on Andrew Considine, instant decision on Declan Gallagher, uh, not afraid to tread on toes. Uh, it now remains to be seen whether he's making the right calls, Jim Goodwin, but at least he's making calls. Uh, I do think that Declan Gallagher has an awful lot to offer and it will be a terrific signing for Stephen Robinson. Yeah, because Aberdeen is an interesting one because as you say, Jim Goodwin has, has gone in, he's stamped his authority, but he's really been backed by the club as well because oh. I think they signed Boyan Mievsky who is a North Macedonian international striker, but the reported fee is about £500,000. They made another couple of signings and you know the total spend is creeping up towards that £1 million mark, which you don't often see outside of Celtic and Rangers. Well, again, proper trading model. Uh, Calvin Ramsey has brought in the money and the money has been reinvested. That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, Celtic will find out day one of the new season what the new signings are like because Aberdeen will be at Celtic Park. Uh, on a day of uh, high excitement and tension at Celtic Park The first day is always like that The defence of the title uh, So we'll find out what the Aberdeen guys are made of uh, But Aberdeen had to be radical in their thinking Because the decision to bring in Stephen Glass as manager was a failure The decision to bring in Jim Goodwin didn't meet with universal approval uh, They finished 10th in the league For Aberdeen that's woeful uh, And now... Jim has gone about his transfer business um, The release of Declan Gallagher May or may not prove to be a mistake But he's making the big calls, Jim Goodman And we'll find out at Celtic Park on day one how it looks Yeah, it wasn't too long ago Declan Gallagher was pretty much a mainstay in the Scotland side For a few camps We all yep. remember the game in Serbia Where he had Alexander Mitrovic in his back pocket for some reason at Aberdeen it just didn't work out for him whatsoever and he'll hope that this can give him a new lease of life. He's, he's with a manager that he's found success with before yeah. but he is in need of trying to get his career back on track. Well, as I say, St Mirren have got uh, a great deal out of it. Uh, Jim Goodwin, the fascination will be, I mean you can add Scott Brown to that list. The minute that Jim Goodwin came into Pataudry, Scott Brown's card was marked uh, and he's now the manager of Fleetwood Town. Uh, so Jim Goodwin is doing it his way And we'll find out very quickly Because there can be no more daunting a test On day one Than to face the defending champions Inside their own ground with a full house Yeah, as always that top six battle Looks as if it's going to be really interesting Because Aberdeen and Hibs Will be going into it with a point to prove St Mirren I think have signed six or seven players Already, we hear every season coming out of St Mirren I know that Tony Fitzpatrick has now left the club But he was always keen to say that he felt they should have been a, a top six club And obviously the clubs that finished in the top six last season European football, mm -hmm. they'll be hoping that they can juggle the, the Premiership With their European qualifiers at the start of the season The other one that intrigues me is Lee Johnson at uh, Hibs uh, Bringing in Aidan McGeady at the age of 36 um, But clearly... A firm believer in Aidan still having an awful lot to offer uh, So it's a move that suits Aidan McGeady down to the ground uh, And we'll see how he and the others brought in by Lee Johnson uh, Will do because again for Hibs not to be in the top six 
uh, is just not acceptable. Yeah, well, let's hear a bit from Aidan McGeady speaking to Sky Sports over the weekend. He thinks Hibs are a perfect fit for him. He also says he's not ready to wind down his career despite being 36. There's been talk of me coming here in the past. Obviously, with, with Lee getting the job, I played under him before at Sunderland. Done well from... We, we worked well together, so it's just the perfect fit, really. The size of the club, obviously... I think I can definitely add something to the squad and obviously the manager thinks so too so for me it was just it was the ideal fit really I've always had in the back of my mind that I would try and come back to Scotland one day kind of towards the end of my career and this is by no means the end of my career and I'm winding down uh, but I'm, I've just turned 36 so um, I was looking to come back up come back up to Scotland at some point and I mean outside Celtic and Rangers I mean I don't think there's any bigger club really and like I said, all the things that have kind of tied in with the manager and the club and being close to Glasgow, etc., where, where obviously I'm from, it's, uh, it's, it's the perfect opportunity for me. Yeah, he was quick to clarify there that, you know, this isn't the end yep. of my career, I'm not coming here to wind down, but I'm sure a lot of people will be interested to see exactly how he does at 36 because it's been a long, long time since we've seen him in Scotland. I'm sure we've all seen clips of him. He's, he's had a successful time down at Sunderland. It'll be interesting to see how he fits into that Hibs team and, and what he can offer him. Been 12 years out of Scotland now, Aidan McGeady. He was a wonderful player for Celtic. Uh, he went to Russia. Bold move. He, he did three years in Moscow. Uh, you know, it, it's not easy. Players find it difficult to go abroad. Uh, but... In Russia, you might find it extra difficult, but he lasted his three years, did well. Um, you know, he's been troubled by injury when he was at Everton, uh, but at Sunderland, stalwart for them under Lee Johnson. Uh, so, very good. I like his style. I like his style to say at 36, this is not the end of my career, I'm not winding down. So, uh, that shows a, a bit of mental strength. Yeah, Lee Johnson knows more than most what he can offer and what Hibs really need is a bit of inspiration in that final third. We saw that last season that they really did struggle with that. They struggled all over the park, in fairness. They had, the obviously, the Sean Maloney saga where he came in, only lasted four months. They need, first of all, stability, but they also need players in the park that are going to do essentially the opposite of what the players did last season. Well, you, you could summarise last season by saying when Martin Boyle was there, it was looking good. And when Martin Boyle left, it wasn't good. Uh, so, you know, they could do with someone in the goal-scoring department. Aidan will create goals, he will score some, but they need an out-and-out goal-scorer. I was having a look at all the, the pre-season training camps and where the squads are flying off to. I think Hibs are going away to Portugal, Hearts are in Spain at the moment, Ross County are in Italy, Celtic have just released their pre-season schedule, they're away to Austria, they're playing three games over there. I think Rangers are going to Portugal as well. And St Mirren in their statement today when they said that they'd signed Keanu Bacchus saying that they hope he can join up with them in their pre-season training camp in Belfast. I'm not sure if you were a player that you'd be too delighted about all, all the other players in the league going off somewhere sunny and you're heading to Belfast for a, a week for your pre-season training camp. Well, I'm just at a weekend in Troon with my nippers and uh, let me tell you, many a good tune played in Troon. So uh, you can put the Belfast down as being... Something to do with Stephen Robinson using his contacts in the country of his birth. Uh, you know, just because you're staying at home, it doesn't mean to say that it's a bad thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting certainly now with pretty much every single Premiership team back in training. That's when we feel it will start to ramp up now. The, yeah. the transfers will really start to kick in. Everyone will be looking at those Premier Sports 
group stages which are kicking off in a couple of weeks European qualifiers it's going to be an exciting time for Scottish football and then VAR's coming along in November and oh, no yes. one will speak to anybody else no they won't that is going to be uh, that is going to be quite the thing quite the addition for Scottish football and I'm sure we might hear a bit about that on the show throughout the coming season but thank you very much for getting involved tonight whether it was just listening in at home whether you tweeted in whether you phoned in we appreciate it thank you to Hugh Keevans in the studio as well of course we'll be bringing you the latest throughout the summer on the transfers on the pre-season friendlies and everything else that's happening so make sure to stick with us I'll be back tomorrow night Gordon DL will be alongside me and up next it's Callum Gallagher